welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. If you can please turn with me to Luke chapter 12, verse 32, as we pick up our way through the word. The title of our message this morning is His Kingdom, then it's Your Treasure with a question mark. His Kingdom, Your Treasure? As we start off this morning, I just would like to ask, you know, what do you treasure most in life? If you had to be honest about it, if you, you know, had to, you know, answer that question with all sincerity, what do you treasure most in life? What do you value most in life? What is it that you value. And I believe some would probably say family, you know, your spouse, your children, maybe your grandchildren. Some would say friends, and you value them most in life. Some would say the church family. But the question is, you know, what do we value? What, what do we place, uh, you know, to the, the most value in our lives? And it's good to, to check your heart with that. Some would say material things, maybe their house or their car, maybe their boat. Maybe you have TV, or maybe your time watching TV. Maybe the internet, surfing the internet. What do you value most in life? What is it that you value? Others, hopefully, would say things that are more spiritual, your relationship with God, the word of God, the ministry that God has called you to. What do we value? What do we treasure? And I believe if you answer that question, it'll tell a lot about who you are spiritually. And it's important for us to ask that question. What do we value most in life? What is that? If you had to pick one thing in life that would say, this is number one, the one thing I value, what is that number one thing that you and I place in the most value in our life? Well, we're going to be looking at that in our text. So let's, let's take a look. Again, Luke chapter 12, verse 32. We're going to look at three verses. Verse 32, Jesus talking says, Do not fear little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself money bags, which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We've been looking at the life of Jesus. We've been looking at that he was ministering to the people. He has one year left on the earth. And in his last year, multitudes are gathering to him. If you recall a few weeks ago, we looked at so many people were there that they were trampling down one another. They were pushing and shoving and, and stepping over each other to get close to Jesus. And Jesus was ministering to his disciples, his followers. But then in the midst of ministering to his disciples, the followers, if you recall, then he started ministering to the multitudes and the multitudes. And then he, he kind of narrowed it back down and he made teachings of it and instructions for his disciples. Back and forth, this was taking place. And, and hopefully you can picture that. I mean, we're, we're talking thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people are all gathered around to listen to Jesus, to be ministered to. And again, they're pushing and they're shoving and, and, and Jesus is focusing mostly primarily on his disciples and he's instructing them. 
And I like that because we're, we should be as disciples, as Christians, and, and we need instruction. We need to be taught. And we know even right here that he's, he's speaking right to his disciples because look at verse 32 again. He calls them little flock. He's not talking to the, the multitude. He's not saying the, the great multitudes. No, he, he's, he's focusing on the little flock, the, the little you know, group that's there. His disciples say, little flock, this is something that I need to tell you. And if you recall, the last time we looked at this, he was talking to them about worrying. And don't worry about your clothing. Don't worry about your food. Don't worry about these type of things. That your father is going to take care of those things. Just seek the kingdom. And God will take care of these things. But as we speak about treasures, as we speak about the kingdom, I, I want to look at this, you know, you know, for my number one point I'd like to make here, speaking of these things, you know, about what we value most, I want to point out, if you're a note-taker, God treasures us. And he wants us to have his best spiritually. God treasures us. As we talk about treasures, as we talk about value, God puts value in you. Do you know that? He values you. Isn't that comforting? The God of all creation, the God that created everything, values you. You are very valuable to him. He values you. And as we see in verse 32, look at it again. It says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's, check this out, good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Isn't that comforting? I I wish that they made plaques like this, don't you? (laughs) Don't worry, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure, his great pleasure to give you the kingdom. Wouldn't that be a nice plaque? In my office, we have different, you know, scriptures up, you know, plaques and different scriptures. Actually, it's in my study. But there's different pictures in, of uh, plaques with these different scriptures. And I was looking at it this morning, you know. And it, the one is, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. And there's different ones. I just, this morning, I was just looking at them. And, but I thought, this would be a wonderful one to put up on the wall. It's your Father's good pleasure. Don't worry. Don't be fretful. He wants to give you the kingdom. Again, if you're a note-taker, two great verses to go with this. Psalm 149.4. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Isn't that a great verse? That was Psalm 149.4. Another one that goes great with this. Psalm 147.11. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. God takes pleasure in us. We're a treasure to him. He cares for us. But, you know, look at this a little closer with me, if you can. Look at verse 32 again. For it's your father's good pleasure to give you the, what does it say? The kingdom. What does God take pleasure in? Have you ever thought about that? This is telling us what God takes pleasure in. We, we talk about what we take pleasure, but, but you ever think of what does God take pleasure in? God himself, what does he take pleasure? It says right here, he takes pleasure in giving us the kingdom. I don't see too many excited faces in the crowd. Are you getting it? The kingdom. It doesn't say he's going to give you from part of his resources out of the kingdom. Let's say, okay, here's a little teeny bit of joy for today. That's part of my kingdom. Here's a little resource. Here, go, go. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say he's just going to give us a little bit from his kingdom. Does you see what it says? He, it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And that's everything that's entailed to the kingdom. Everything, you know, spiritually we have need of. He, he's going to give it all over to us. 
We, we don't have a father in heaven that's just real stingy. It's like this, you know, okay, here's a little crumb, go. <laughs> and sometimes I think, you know, that's possible, that's what it is. You know, Lord, I need a little help, I need a little peace, I need a little joy, I need a little of this, Lord. And so just give me a drop of bread, just give me a little water, give me something. That's not the picture here. No, the, the Lord says, as a good father, the gates are wide open, You're, the kingdom is yours. It's all yours. Everything I have is yours. Everything that I own is yours. It all belongs to you. It's my good pleasure. I'm excited to give you everything that I have. The kingdom. Everything. That's very exciting. It's his good pleasure. I think about what we take pleasure in, but God takes pleasure in what? Giving us the kingdom. Everything. Everything. The Bible says we're co-heirs with Christ. We're co-heirs. We're partnership in the kingdom. Everything belongs to us. It's like we go to heaven and says, this is all yours. Imagine that day when we step into heaven. This is yours. This is the kingdom. It belongs to you. You're a co-heir with Christ. Does that blow your mind? It blows my mind. But you think about, what does it even mean? It, obviously, it means heaven, the kingdom, you know, the, the kingdom of God. It, we, it's open to us, and when we die, we're going to inherit the kingdom. But also, I think about temporal. You know, what, what good is that? You know, this, it is good, but, I mean, that's wonderful. If that's all it was, that would be wonderful. We're going to inherit the kingdom. One day, we're just going to go in, and all of his glory, it's all going to belong to us. We're going to be co-heirs with it. That's wonderful. But what about now? What about temporal? What about today? What, what does the kingdom mean for us today? Well, turn with me if you can. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, if you can. Turn over a few books. Romans 14, verse 17. Look at what it says. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but what is it? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For it's your, God, your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, yes, heaven, but also to give you the things that count for spiritually for our lives. You know, righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's his good pleasure to give you these things. He wants to give you these things. So, so if it's his good pleasure, if he takes pleasure, he desires to give this to you, why aren't we receiving these things? It's like the father, you know, the good father says, I've got righteousness, I have peace, I have joy, I have all that you need spiritually. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I deserve it. I don't know if I can earn it. I don't know if I've been good today. I don't know if, I, if, I, you know, if I'm good enough to have those things. And he says, well, no, 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 it doesn't say that. It says it's his good pleasure. It's not eating and drinking. It's not about the physical stuff. It's about spiritual stuff. And all you need to go to your good father, and he says, here, here's my righteousness. Here's my peace. Here's my joy. Just, just take all of these things that you have need of abiding him, just as we looked at on you know, last week, just abiding in him, and we have all these spiritual things provided for us. Righteousness, peace, joy. Does this describe your spiritual walk? When, when people talk about you, when they talk about it, they say, yeah, you know, this person is marked with righteousness. This person is marked with peace. This, this person is just marked with joy. And I wonder why it should not. You know, it, it should. All of us as believers, this should mark our life. It, it's his good pleasure. He wants to give us righteousness. He wants to give us his peace. He wants to give us his joy. This should mark our lives. And I think that, you know, the, the enemy is very crafty of keeping us away from those things that rightfully belong to us. That belongs to us. 
Jesus tells his disciples, don't worry, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He takes pleasure in giving you this. Are we receiving it? Just the other day, a young man, a 19-year-old man, came in for prayer. Him and his mother. He was getting ready to check into rehab. And he came in through the back doors. His, whole, his body was shaken. And his, you know, he, was just, he looked terrible. And he's, he's you know, wanting to detox. So he's going to go into a rehab place. So we, I brought him in the back, you know, in the, the high school room and talked with him for a little while. I, I come to find out that he's, he graduated from a, a Christian high school. And he's 19 now. And he's bound in drugs. He's bound in alcohol. And he's just, you know, just looked at him. He's just so pitiful. He's there shaking like this. He could barely talk. And he's going like this. And his eyes are all weird and everything. And he's just like, and I was like, you went to a Christian school? He goes, yeah. And he started naming people that I know. And he's like, this person, that person. I used to go here with this person and that. I'm like, look at you. It's his father's good pleasure to give him the kingdom, but he's not receiving it. It was so awesome. He prayed. He recommitted himself to Christ. And, and right after he started praying, he says, I'm watching him, and his eyes are changing a little bit. He starts smiling. He, his body wasn't shaking anymore. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And I did my best to encourage him. It was just a blessing, a divine appointment set up from God. But, but it's God's good pleasure to give us these things. And this young man was ripped off. He wasn't, you know, he told me, you know, I haven't been in fellowship. I haven't been going to church. And it didn't take him long just to spiral out of control. And, just, and that's all it took. But it's his father's good pleasure to give him good things. And he just wasn't walking in those things. He wasn't in church. He wasn't receiving all that God had for him. Righteousness means integrity, virtue, purity of life, uprightness, correct thinking, correctness in action, speaks of making you right. That's what God has for us. Peace means quietness, calmness, rest, tranquility. Joy means joyfulness and gladness. It's God's good pleasure to give us these things. Have you experienced the kingdom of God? Have you experienced these things? That's something to ask. Have we experienced these good things? I believe God wants us to walk in these things. It's a battle, isn't it? It's a, there's a real battle, a spiritual battle that wants to keep us away from, you know, the good things of God. That song we just sang, We Will Not Be Shaken. But sometimes we go out these doors and what do we do? We're shaken, you know. <laughs> It's easy to, be church, easy to be a Christian in church, isn't it? Yeah, raise your hands, worship Jesus. You go out in the real world, you're like. But God wants us to be in the spirit. He wants to give us, it's his good pleasure to give us his righteousness, his peace, his joy. And it's available to us. The second thing I'd like to point out If you're taking notes, invest in eternity. Real simple. Invest in eternity, meaning in heaven, in the kingdom. Invest in it. Look at verse 33. Back in our text, if you can. Luke 12, back to verse 33. Sell what you have and give alms. 
meaning to those in need. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. This is totally speaking about investing in eternity. You know, it's, it's, you know it, it, take this in context, please. Remember, again, Jesus, you know, the, there was a, a man that interrupted Jesus as he's teaching, as he's talking. And he says, you know, tell my brother to, you know, to split the inheritance. And, and Jesus, you know, says, I'm not your judge. And then he, he points out greed and, and he talks to them about covetousness and all these things, right? So to keep this in context. So as that's going on, the same crowd, the same people are there. Everything's going, he's warning them, you know, if, you, if need be, if you, if you need to sell what you have, do that. I don't, I don't think it's a blanket statement. I really don't because it doesn't line up. With, with other scripture. doesn't mean, you know, every Christian needs to sell everything they have and then just give everything away. That's uh, not, doesn't, doesn't mean that. But if you have too much and you're not giving and you've got that, you know, way of just being a taker and a taker, God's saying to you, no, no, sell what you have. If you don't have anything to give, sell some things. You probably have a lot of stuff, a lot of junk in your house. Just sell it and, and you know, invest that into eternity. And I like that. Look at that. Provide for yourself Money bags that don't grow old. In other words, if, if you put, you know, our bags, our purses, our wallets, you know, look at this. Look at this, this wallet. I don't know if you can see it from there, but I mean, this thing, I don't know what I'm doing with this. It's just every time I open it, things are falling out and everything. And, I mean, look at this. You can't see that. It just it falls out of the side. It falls all, all over the place. What a visual, you know, just wallets that grow old. But it's a picture to say, in heaven, there's, there's a, a collection in heaven that, 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 that doesn't grow old. There's a purse in heaven. There's a wallet in heaven. You put it in there, it's there. It's not going to fall out. It's not, gonna, it's not like, you know, it's dropping out. Uh-oh, you know, Joe messed up. Take all that out of the purse. <laughs> like that. No, no, you, you invest in heaven. And that's the picture of invest in heaven. Moths can't get to it. It's not going to wear out. It's not going to, a thief's not going to come and steal what you've invested in heaven. You invest in heaven and you're going to have eternal rewards. How many of us think like that, though? We should, we should think like that, that. There's an investment in heaven. We're going to spend all eternity in heaven. Why are we investing in it? Let me read to you in the, in the Living Translation. I like how it reads in the Living Translation. It says, sell what you have and give to those in need. This will fatten your purse in heaven. And the purses of heaven have no rips or holes in them. Your treasures will never disappear. No thief can steal them. No moth can destroy them. It's so true. As Americans, we waste a lot of money. Statistics show that we waste a lot of money. Did you know that Americans spend $7 billion a year on ATM fees? $7 billion. ATM fees. That's for convenience, you know? You ever, I've done this before. You know, you're somewhere, you're out, and you're like, oh, no, I don't have any cash. You know, where's an ATM? Hit the ATM machine, it says $7 or whatever, $4. You're like, no way, I'm not going to pay for it. It's like, I, I don't have a choice. I don't have any money. You know, and you, you put the card back in. Seven billion dollars a year for ATM fees in America. Seven billion. Did you know Americans spend 12 billion dollars in traffic tickets a year? Slow down. (laughs) 29 billion in candy each year? 29 billion. Easy. Easy, I know. 60, check this out, this statistic, check it out, with candy, listen, 60% of this is spent on chocolate. My wife will tell you it's not a waste. 
It's not a waste. I think she's... No, never mind. i got to watch. <laughs> Honey, 29 billion. 31 billion on lottery tickets every year. 31 billion. Am I hitting a sore spot anywhere? <laughs> 44 billion on tobacco every year. 44 billion dollars. It goes up. $50 billion on alcohol each year. Look at this one. $49 billion for credit card interest each year. That's just interest. Are we wasting money in America? $69 billion at the casinos. $76 billion for soda. I don't know why I put that there, but just in case. Here's a big one. $146 billion wasted on energy each year, meaning those that don't use you know, efficient light bulbs and that kind of stuff, they don't turn their hot water heater the right, on the right temperature, they estimate $146 billion wasted. $165 billion, now this is a, a touchy one here, $165 billion in wasted food each year. I'm full. I've had enough. It's, the food expires, it sits in the fridge. $165 billion. And this is my favorite. Americans waste $6 billion in unused gift cards each year. Uh-huh, yeah, $6 billion unused. That mean, this is what it means. You put your gift card, you get a gift from your Aunt you know, Fanny or whatever, and you... I don't know where that came from. I don't have an Aunt Fanny, by the way. And you take this gift card and you put it in a drawer and you forget about it. And you pull it out four or five years later and it expired. It's no good... That's $6 billion. That's a lot of waste. 2 Corinthians 5.14. 2 Corinthians 5.14. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. Next verse. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. We're not to live for ourselves anymore. Or to live for the one that died for us. If one died, if Jesus Christ died for all, then, then we're to die to ourselves and we're to live for the one that died for us. We're to, to live for Jesus Christ. We're to live for eternity. He died in our place. You know, how many here? I'm just going to ask you how many here in this sanctuary are born again Christians? Can I get a raise of hand? Born again Christians, give your life to Christ. Well, according to the word of God, if we're a born again Christian, and we're no, no longer to live for ourselves. We're to live for him that died for us. We're to, to, we're to invest in eternity. We're to give our lives over completely to the one who died for us. Are we doing that? I love what C.S. Lewis once said. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we are made for another world. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable, I have a hard time saying that word, explanation is that we were made for another world. I say amen to that. We were made for another world. We weren't made for this world. Before we move on to the next point, I'd like to point out 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ 
that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. This is the Bema Seat Judgment. We must all appear before the Bema Seat Judgment to give an account for what we did. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. Glory.